0: It changes probably two or three times. It's kind of amazing every time I've done this. God always plants wow. little things in, you know. So I don't really know where this message is going to go. We're going to start off with my notes that I got, the message I sent. And this, I don't know quite sure where we're going to end. But we're going to hope that this gives you some enlightening. I hope we don't mess with anybody's theology. One thing I always tell everybody when I give a message, I don't care if it's who you're listening to, I don't care if it's somebody that's on TV, I don't care if it's a guy next door, I don't know if it's somebody who's got X number of degrees in theology. When they say something to you, it's your responsibility to take it back to the Word and decipher it for yourself. God will speak to you just as well as you will speak to others. And not everybody here is the same thing the same way. So it's always wise to spend your time with the Lord and search out the message. Um, praise, uh, not praise, but uh, prayer, and testimonies not we're to the, the end of the service. I didn't really forget about them. I thought we'd just do it that way. Anyway, today uh, is, uh, I'm going to use the story of the rich young Lord as the text for my message. I'm going to use uh, Luke 18 as that text. I chose Luke because, basically, because when the Lord gave me this message, <laughs> that's where I was. I will tell you that this thing. Uh, section, story is also in Matthew and also in Mark uh, One thing I'll tell you when you're studying your Bible, particularly in the Gospels if you come across the story, it pays to go back and see what the other Gospels say about it because none of them are exactly the same even though basically it's the same uh, The crazy part about it is all these Gospels are written 40, maybe 50 years, after the time that they happened. So these are all recollections of what people heard or what they were told. Not all of them are by eyewitnesses. As a matter of fact, I think there's only one that's an eyewitness. So it pays to uh, look to see what each one of them, because each one, even though they're the same, are a little different and they'll give you a little more information and you'll miss out or get the wrong interpretation about what's going on if you don't really study it through. Anyhow, uh, I'm going to use Luke because that that's why I started out with I'm going to read it to you. It's um, Luke 18.18. 18. It says, A certain ruler asks, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these things I, all these things since I was a boy said. All of these things I have kept since I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have the treasures of heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of an evil for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible for men is possible for God. Peter said to him, we have left all, we have had to follow you, we have left all to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them, no one has left home, wife, brothers, parents, children for the sake of the kingdom of God Will fall, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Well, first of all, getting back to the beginning, we need to understand some background about who this young man is. So, what do we know about him? There's really not many passages here, but it's actually a good bit of information there if you look at it. First of all, we know he's rich. Now, rich isn't by, doesn't mean by rich in spirit, that means he's loved. He's probably lived a pretty lavish lifestyle, probably since he was a child. We also know he's young, so he hasn't hasn't been around a whole lot, but he knows what's being talked about, he sees things that draws his initiative to see what people are saying, because he's going through that learning experience just like we do. And we know he's a ruler. Now, different passages, like I say, in Mark and Matthew and Luke, some call him a rich man, some call him a rich ruler, some call him a young man. I mean, that's why it's important to go back and check all three, because if you put it all together, you find out he's a rich young man, ruler. That tells you a lot of things. I always say he's a uh, a lavish life now. The other things we know about, he said he's kept the Ten Commandments since he was a little boy. So we know he's Jewish because he's following God's law. So we know he's Jewish. We also know that uh, since he's rich and he follows the law, Back then, the only people who had money were the Romans, or the hierarchy of of God's people, or the Pharisees of that time. So I'm guessing he was either a, a young Pharisee or the son of a Pharisee. It doesn't really say that, but that's the only way that these things could possibly come about. Mark also says that. It says something it means a point so He's been traveling around a little bit and listening to Jesus speak. And he touched his heart. equal to God because and Jesus was God in flesh which means he was part man and man was never equal to God so anyone you hear talk about like they're, they're the second coming or, or they talk like they're God you're not listening to somebody you want not want to be listening to because there's no man that can ever be equal to God because we are under temptation and only God is, can can never be tempted. Now we know Jesus was never never tempted, but he still had the traits of a man. All right, he come and function just like you and I do. He got up in the morning, brushed well I don't know if he brushed his teeth, but he ate breakfast, went about his business. The night he went to bed, slept just like we did. So he was he was man, and if you would pass him on the street outside listening to what he had to say, you would probably not know it. I uh, uh, <laughs> uh there used to be a song out and uh, about if Jesus was alive today would we <laughs> know it? And my guess is we probably wouldn't. Because things are very confusing today. But that's besides the point. I have a tendency to go on rabbit trail, so <laughs> like I said, this, this service could be 10 minutes. It could be three hours. We'll see how it goes. So you've got to roast the oven. It'll last. I don't think you're going to have that problem. Anyhow. Uh, well, I did tell you that... Uh, the wealth at this time is either Roman or or the Christian hierarchy. So so we know that. So from uh, verses 22 to 25, Jesus says to him, you lack one thing. And now, here's a kid who's had everything he possibly could ever have. Maybe he wasn't a kid, but I would call him Get to my age, anybody under fifty, to <laughs> Anyway, uh, he says, uh, give away, give away everything that you got. Now you notice that he says, well, he does say sell, he says sell and give it all away. So that means even the money that you make from it, plus the worldly things that you have, give it away. That's what he meant said, he meant, give it away. Now, when the young man heard this, he was thinking, wait, I'm rich, there's nothing I can't have, you know, I can, surely there's some way that, as we would put it, be able to afford eternal life, surely I. there's some way I could make investments, you know, I mean, that's, this is what this kids thinking about it. He said, nothing's out of reach. Because nothing ever was. He says, surely I can come this way. Jesus says, no. Give it all away. Well of course this person's bubble. You mean that I gotta give away everything that I got. Jesus said, Yep. Makes it pretty sad. He says well, I don't want this story. So he walks away. He left it go. He didn't question him about it. He says, I don't want any part of it. i got to give up all the things I have. I'm not doing that. And Jesus goes on to say, who standing there, says, you know, this is the reason why rich people will have a hard time Way to have it. He said it's so difficult that a camel would have an easier time passing through the eye of a needle. (laughs) Well, I've heard different people say that the eye of a needle was a uh, geographical site, you know, that it was a low hanging cliff or something that, or a tight crevice that you couldn't get a camel through. But it's not really, I don't really believe that's a fact. I think he meant exactly what he said. And that's how difficult it is. And the reason is, is because if you are wealthy, it's just like the young man. You don't really have to depend on anything. You get sick, you go to the doctor. Your car breaks down, you go out and buy a new car. You need new furniture, you go buy new furniture. There's always a way that there's always something there that has a price. They can take care of their own needs and wants. They don't ever get into a position where they can't come across something they can't afford. Now the question is, okay, if I can't afford it, why can't I get it? Jesus says. Now you've got to give it up. So what do you want? Jesus is telling him, I want your trust, I want your faith, I want you to follow after me. Now the young man, he walked away because he thought, I'm not sacrificing this stuff. Now, we would call it a sacrifice statement call it a sacrifice, have to give it away? Well, you probably wouldn't have called it a sacrifice, because back then, sacrifice was, particularly if you were Jewish, meant uh, a major uh, situation in your life. Uh, Let's talk about sacrifice a little bit. Back then, sacrifice was a way for atoning for your sin. Almost always had to believe be a blood sacrifice. Now, since they were Jewish and they followed Jewish law, they would uh, have certain times a year where they would make sacrifices to God so they could atone for their sins. Now, those times of year were called feasts, and the way they worked is they would take a sacrifice worthy of a pledge to God, and they would go to the temple. At the temple, there was a high priest, and the priest would accept the offering, okay? But his job was to take the offering and present it before God. That was a big deal. doesn't sound like a big deal, but it's a big deal. Why? Because the place where they made the offering was in a section of the temple called the Holy of Holies. It was a section of, of the temple that was uh, petitioned off, usually behind a curtain. And inside that petition was the Ark of the Covenant, the Ten Commandments, uh, the Mercy Seat. Anyhow This was so holy that the only person who was allowed into this section of the temple was the high priest. He was the only one who was holy enough to come in the presence of God. Now, we know there was a few others, Moses, so on and so forth. We talked with God. But on a regular basis, if you were going to make a presentation to God, you could pray. But you were, never, you were never allowed to be into his presence. Now this place was so holy. I always, I always loved this part. That when the priest went in, he put bells on his feet. And he tied a rope around his waist. Because if he went into the holy of holies, and things didn't go well. They figured he could get struck dead. Alright? Uh, that's how important it was. Because if he messed up here, he messed up. He wasn't coming back out. So they put the rope on him, because if he didn't hear the bells ringing, they knew there was something something happened, And they had the rope to pull him back out. Because nobody was allowed to go in and get him. I have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago at Eastern Time. You know, uh, they didn't have Jesus on the cross that sacrifice like we do today. But when Christ died upon the cross we sing a song and we know in the scriptures that the veil was torn away. So what's that mean? That means from the time that Christ died, he paid the, all of the sacrifice for all of us. That's why there's never another need for sacrifice. He paid the sacrifice for us, and from that point forward, when He died, the veil was torn from the Holy of Holies, and from that point forward, we have direct access to God. It was very important, otherwise, some of the things that we experience today, we probably wouldn't be able to experience, but it may give us a freedom a direct contact with God to we went So it's very important we know about that. Uh, it always amazes me at Easter time. We talk about the sacrifice. We talk about the resurrection. So they're all important. So, so is the tearing of the veil. It's very important to our lives. At any rate, that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about the young man making a sacrifice. We're talking about taking what he has and giving it all away. I made a mistake one time. (laughs) I'm talking about putting my mouth, which isn't so unusual. But uh, I was at a church service. The church I was attending them. Some missionaries were there. <clears throat> and they were pretty notable missionaries to our church. And uh, we went up front and we laid hands on them and prayed for them. And uh, one of the things I did, I went up to him I said, I want to thank you for the sacrifices that you're making there for there for another country the sacrifice you're making for God and us being out in the missionary field. He looked at me, he said, what do you mean sacrifice? This is not a sacrifice. You know what? I mean right. tells us is so much greater. See, what the young man was looking at, he's thinking, why uh, why would he ever ask me to give it all away? That's like I said earlier. Jesus is looking for our trust. Doesn't need our money. I mean, putting all jokes aside, it's already his money anyway. So it's not about what we give, but why we do it. It's about the pureness of our heart and our wanting to do things for one another. That's really what Jesus' message. It's a good uh know anybody. Most of us have jobs. and depend on our jobs. And we thank God for supplying those jobs. But there are people who are out there who, they get up in the morning, they don't have much to, whatever they have in their pockets. And they they depend on whatever God does for them to get them through that day. I don't know if I can live that how do we know that's true? I have a couple of chapters on past. Let's see if I can find it quick. If I don't, I'll just talk about it. Anyhow, what I was going into, I didn't get it. I don't have it written down. I didn't write it in my notes. Anyhow, you know the story of the the widow lady paying her alms. And she walks up to the alms, and she drops in. something for themselves. But she didn't. She came up, she gave it all. Because her trust and faith in God was so great that she wasn't worried about where her next bill was going to come from, or whether she had a roof over her head, or she got four wheels in her car, or if the restaurant's going to be open when I'm done here today. You know, She you didn't think about that, it was, I give it all. And that's what Jesus was asking the young man. He said, give it all. Don't depend on what you have. Give it all to me. Have faith in me. If I blessed you with it in the beginning, you don't think I can't bless you with it again? Now, as we go on about that, Jesus goes on and says, uh, go <coughs> get your blessings your blessings are going to come I'm gonna have myself back up a little bit <laughs> we'll talk about this and then I think we'll close it up but uh, my friend Peter Peter is my friend I love Peter Peter reminds me of anybody who um what was it called Yeah. Every every time I see Peter, I always think of Haas. (gasps) Because Haas was this big guy, okay, strong, determined, had a habit sticking his foot in his mouth. That's something he and I have in common. (laughs) But I mean, when the time comes, when push comes to shove, Haas was always there. and He was always there willing to do his part. Well, Peter was sort of the same way. Peter would get himself into some pretty uh, tight situations, so sort to of speak. But uh, Peter says, wait a minute. <laughs> after, after Jesus is going through this whole thing, them, you know, Peter speaks up and says, well, wait a minute, I had to give up everything to come to follow you. What about me? I'm thinking, Jesus said, Man, where's he been for the last 15 minutes? Because <laughs> you know, that's the way God was. That's the way Peter was. Well, Jesus said, We don't need to worry about where our riches come from. So I'm going to supply those things. And there's nobody who's going to go without a reward if you surrender it all unto me. And it's one of the things I I picked up in this the change that's something I used to always think about was you hear people say well our rewards aren't in this life they're in our next life well it's true enough our rewards are in the next life because we can spend our eternity with Jesus but if you read that final verse it says not only in that life but in this life also So there are rewards for us. Now it may not be monetary rewards, it may not be riches or things, but there will not talks about all the time. When these things arise, we need to know know enough to take them to God. Lay them at the foot of the cross. Let Jesus handle them. That's what he's asking for. Trust me. Have faith in me. One thing we always know about Jesus is that he'll never let us down. We may not get the answer that we're looking for. Maybe our plan and his plan don't always match up. But he always has what's best for us. Now sometimes we've got to go through some very tough situations. And some of them can be very tough. But you need, you need to know that no matter how tough the situation is or how grim the situation might feel, that you're not going through it alone. go through it through him his love for you and the love he's placed in others that have compassion for you who want to walk this path with you also so if you don't learn anything else today just keep it in mind I don't care what happens to me this week I have nothing to fear for my God is with me the more we practice that the less anxious we become in our lives, the less worry we have, the less problems we have. Because the first thing we do, we start thinking about things. We try to take things into our own hands. And most of the time, we mess things up more than we you Now our, our fix is a temporary